Okay, you guys, on today's episode of Hard Cost, I want you just to prepare your abs. I want you to prepare your gut for some deep belly laughs. And it's not because my conversation with Chelsea Wallace was about comedy or anything especially funny. It's just that her laugh and her joy were so infectious that as I told her right after we finished recording, I had to really discipline myself not to laugh so hard that I would snort directly into the microphone. And what's so fun about that setup is that what we talked about, what Chelsea and I talked about, were a lot of really serious, in-depth conversations about what it's like to be a number two to a high-powered visionary number one, what it's like to grow a service-based business while you are still also identifying as a founder and as a business owner, and what the future holds for roles like like ours. We also talked about some of the things that have come up along the way as we have been building the plane while we're flying it in both of our businesses. And at the end of our conversation, Chelsea shared some incredibly exciting news about what is next for her. And offline, she also told me that this podcast is actually the first place that she has been publicly discussing it, which is incredibly exciting. And her vision and her mission extends so far beyond uh, the work that she does in marketing. And I can't wait for you to hear about that. So I will tell you all of the things about Chelsea. You are going to want to follow her. You're going to want to connect with her. But as we get started, here's what you need to know. Chelsea Wallace is a launch strategist and copywriter who has helped hundreds of online brands execute $100,000 plus marketing and launch campaigns. And those have grossed nearly $4 million in revenue. And she's really not slowing down at all. And as the launch copy coach, Chelsea supports six and seven figure coaches and course creators in creating high dollar relaunches while ensuring that they only have one task on their to-do list. And that task is taking care of themselves and their community. It was such a beautiful conversation. I'm so privileged to have had it. My dear friend, Jordan Gill, who was an early guest on Hard Cost, actually made the introduction, and you'll hear a little bit about that as we get started. For now, Chelsea Wallace on Hard Costs. Welcome to Hard Costs, the podcast. I'm your host, Katie Widrick, fractional CMO and funnel fixer. And guess what? I'm good in a crisis, and I know how to see through the chaos to find clarity. That's something I've learned from working behind the scenes as a strategic partner for visionary CEOs. I'm on a mission to bring founders to the forefront and to tell the truth about the hard costs of doing business. You know, we all see wins shared on social media highlight reels every day, but what we don't often get a glimpse into are the tough times, the lost revenue, hiring and firing, moments that required major pivots and so much more. On hard costs, we're bringing forward the stories that will help you understand that the roller coaster ride you're on is all part of the gig. And just like a roller coaster, the founder journey can be pretty thrilling. Take a listen while I share my own experiences, case studies from companies I've worked with, and I'm joined by some of my favorite founders to help you navigate this storm the right way. Now let's rise together. Chelsea, welcome to Hard Costs. Thank you so much, Katie. I'm so, so happy to be here today. I'm excited to have this conversation. Oh, me too. And I have to tell you, I am going to ask you all about your origin stories as a launch copy coach and all of the amazing things that you have done. But I also wanted to share that our origin story came from such a beautiful place because Jordan Gill, who was one of the first people I interviewed on Hard Costs, is actually the person who did matchmaking for us. And I just wanted to tell you how much I love when 
we come together inside of our community, whether it's like people that have complimentary services or really anything. And I genuinely, like when I saw you pop up, I was like, here we go. Collaboration magic again. <laughs> Listen, side note, Katie and I were just talking about Make Your Mark Live. And we were just like, this is happening because yes. the magic that Jordan creates, like... We are so appreciative, Jordan. If you're listening, hi. We love you. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna tag Jordan. She's gonna get full credit for the fact that you and I are now instant BFFs. And I think that was her <laughs> plan the whole time. Um, but what's really nice about this for me is that a lot of times I will have someone on the show and I have been following them or I've known them for a while, and I am excited to chat with you because I know very little about you. And that yeah. like, it's so fun for me to dive into how did you become who you are today? So let's start from where you are today. When you introduce yourself and you do your elevator pitch, how do you describe yourself? What do you tell people you do? Yeah. So I typically say that I am a full stack launch support and coaching team, even though it's like a teeny tiny team, it's me and just a couple other people. Okay, <laughs> I like it's not like an agency or anything like that. And um, my real goal is that for every client I work with, every coach, every course creator to just have one thing on their next launch to-do list. And that's to show up, love on themselves and their people, period. Like for me, it is, it's my absolute thrill and privilege yeah. to show up and just like take everything off their plate. So they just have to show up and be themselves, love their people, take care of their energy, all the good things. And so, I mean, when I introduce myself, that's kind of what I say. I've been in this space for what, going on eight years now? Dang. Yeah. <laughs> it's been a while and um, have kind of really landed here after just watching my clients struggle with sustainability and launches and uh, really strongly believing that there has to be another way to make a launch work for you and still, you know, not kill yourself along the way. Yeah. And yeah. so <laughs> develop my own processes and systems to make that happen for my people. And I'm thrilled to keep doing that every day. I love that because, so you and I share something in common, which is, you know, I really think about myself as a service provider first. I'm also mm -hmm. a founder and I'm running a business. And so a lot of the things that come up for me, like how much money am I generating? What's the profit? Where are my leads coming yeah. in? You know, that still applies to me and it applies to you. But, you know, when mm -hmm. I'm at my best, I'm actually not the one with the big, bold vision. I'm really supporting the visionary and taking their mm -hmm. idea from kind of up here in the clouds that may or may not happen to like, wow, fully executed yeah. magic. And I yeah. find one of the reasons I love conversations with people like you is that there is, I think sometimes this, um, what I feel is a myth that being a founder or being an entrepreneur is one specific thing. And it's usually mm -hmm. like that sort of stereotypical CEO, right? The founder yeah. of the program, the, the coach themselves. And I think you and I both know that without the work of a number two or a really amazing team like yours, good ideas die very quickly. They just die. kind of get lost. That's Do you crazy. ever feel like that disconnect of, of being a business owner who's really trying to achieve big things while serving other CEOs? Listen, that is a daily disconnect for me, okay? <laughs> we're, still, we're still working through that over here. 
<laughs> yeah, I think you and I are going to like, we're going to have our own club of service providers who are having a little bit of identity crises every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I, I mean, I will like brag on myself for a second and own my space. I'm a damn good number two. Like I will be the best co-pilot that you have ever had. I will take your vision. I will blow it up yeah. and I will help you to implement it. I will create like complimentary connections. It, it's, it's like magic when I come in and I support you with your launches. Right. And so I'm over here delivering like exceptional results for my people. Everybody loves me. They're all happy. And then over here in my business, I'm just like, what am I doing again? Oh yeah. I often think like the, the my job, the best jobs I do are the ones when no one knows I've done it. Right. When like everything is so seamless that no one ever has to hear, Oh, Katie. Right. And so there is sometimes like a, yeah, an identity crisis of like, when I'm doing my best, I'm actually sometimes invisible and that's by design, yeah. but it can be really hard to mm -hmm. to live in the space where that's maybe not as common as like a, a super celebrated CEO or founder. Yeah. And I really think too, that there are, there, there are different hats that I think people like you and I wear mm -hmm. where there's like the client delivery execution strategist hat. And it comes so easy to us to really think through other people's messaging, yeah. strategies, timelines for implementation, all the tech, right? Like it comes really easily for us. But then when we put on our own CEO hat, I feel like, I don't know if it's just that we just don't have enough practice in doing this for ourselves, mm -hmm. but I always find that it is, th there's a gap and I feel it. I, cause when I'm working on other clients stuff, I know when I've created magic, when yeah. I'm sitting in my own stuff, I'm like, there's something missing and I can't quite figure out what it is. <laughs> what it is. And, and I'm just, I'm like thinking about this in real time as you're sharing this. Um, mm -hmm. I sometimes will dissuade people from looking at my email marketing or looking at my website mm -hmm. because, you know, by again, partly by design and what's nice about being who we are is that like, if I don't have time to work on my stuff, that's a good thing, right? I'm so booked yeah. out and I'm so, I'm so busy with client work that I find really impactful and exciting that I just don't ever need to come over here and think about generating leads or mm -hmm. whatever. Um, mm -hmm. So I often will tell clients like, Hey, I'm amazing at doing your stuff. And frankly, I ignore my own, but there is this element I say all the time, like I'm the cobbler's daughter with no shoes. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah. it is like, it's, yeah, but I also, and again, like I hadn't really even put this together until you, you said what you said, but it's like, that's my work and I love my work. And it sounds mm -hmm. like you do too. Like I watch your face oh, yeah. light up, which just makes me so happy. <laughs> but then it's like, if I have to sit down and do it for myself, but now it's actual like work work, you know? So well, uh, do you and, find and that? That's, I, I kind of find that. So like there are times in my business where, um, I will put on my CEO hat and things are just clicking. Mm -hmm. And there are other times and I, I find, and this is why I said at the beginning, like, I feel like I'm still navigating this right now because it feels so 50, 50 hit or miss. <laughs> I haven't put the systems in place yet to make it feel like it's always firing. Like sometimes mm -hmm. I'm engrossed, I'm on fire. I feel it. The magic is there. And then other times I'm just like, what am I writing in this email? Why oh. am I even writing this email? <laughs> Did people even be hearing from me right now? Is this valuable? <laughs> like, <laughs> then you've talked yourself out of doing it or it's hours later and you're like, well, that block of time I had for myself is gone. <laughs> God, 
<laughs> I guess we'll get back to client work. Well, well it makes me feel better. And it, it is so interesting. The more that I talk, especially with, you know, again, and I really try, I don't want to make it feel like there are tiers or hierarchy in the service provider mm -hmm. space. But, you know, I have been an online business manager. I have done more kind of virtual assistant work. And now I really know that I am at a, in a different space. I'm like you, I'm in leadership. You know, one of my requirements right. when I work with a team is that I'm part of leadership. Right. So this what? is like a CMO, COO yep. level Absolutely. of role. Um, and so it's really interesting, though, to, to like hold those two things where you are still the implementer or you're still the person who's making sure the implementation gets done. But you've mm -hmm. also elevated to this strategic partner role. Yes. Um, and it's really yes. exciting, but it is it can be quite a shift. Did you find that when you were coming up through the early stages of your business? 100%. <laughs> I think um, probably up until maybe my halfway point, year four, year five, mm -hmm. I found myself really struggling and not until then really figuring out how do I own mm -hmm. being the leader, like being the one that my clients actually look to for the suggestions, for the, the refinement, for the ideas. Like I come with the proposal, <laughs> right? The recommendations and own that and clearly communicate why this will work, the risks that are associated, what outcomes we can expect and the timelines for it, right? And I feel like owning that and then also being the person that manages or does the implementation is... So, um, like you said, I don't want to create hierarchies in any way, but it is very, very different. Yeah. And there's a level of responsibility that I think we carry as the leader, as the co-creator that we often have to kind of shift out of as the implementer yeah. in a way, like the yeah. ownership is just different. I don't know if you've experienced yeah. that, but for you me, like owning, owning the recommendation, the strategy, the suggestion, the proposal versus owning the implementation, it feels, I don't know, it, it, yeah. it feels different to me. I can't really explain what it is if it's like a, a different level of responsibility for yeah. outcomes and results you said or co-creator and like mm -hmm. I got chills in my body because I think that's the the closest I've ever heard the process described it's certainly the way that mm. I envision you know my partnerships I've I've played around with it being a partnership but even that doesn't feel totally true because at yeah. least for for I'll only speak for myself you know I'm I'm mm -hmm. extremely aware of the fact that even when I'm on leadership and I'm the number 2 I'm not mm -hmm. the founder Right. At the end of no. the day, I care yeah. deeply as I know you do because I mm -hmm. take my work seriously and because I only commit to projects that I'm genuinely cheering for to go well. Right. But, you know, at right. the end of the day, if something doesn't meet the KPIs or it doesn't do what we thought it was going to do, it's not my money. Not you know, it's not money. my it's business. Not my it's not my impact. Right. Yep. So, so I really struggle with the, the, I have always struggled with the word partnership, but the co creating feels very authentic because mm -hmm. you are, you're, you're creating mm -hmm. this not just a program, but a process and yeah. like celebrating the wins. Hopefully it's all wins, but certainly kind of, you know, acknowledging when things don't, don't meet the expectations. Don't go well and navigating oh, that too. It's, 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 yeah, it's, yeah. It, there, there's a shift that's required, I think. And when you do a little bit of both, mm -hmm. the ownership is different. Yep. Um, and 
the, the communication skills are different. Oh, yeah. The, oh, like, yeah. <laughs> the time management skills are, it's listen. Yeah. And I don't think I've ever, I, I appreciate this conversation so much already because I don't even think I've ever really articulated it this way before. But when you, when you do become that number two person, when you do become that co-creator, it does become learning to navigate those two realms is a skill set that I think we develop over time. And we're not really good at it in the beginning. And we kind of feel floundery, like having the confidence to actually make a proposal, to actually step in and co-create, you know, like that's huge. This is an experience that possibly hundreds of students will will have. Mm -hmm. This is possibly tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. And you're stepping in and co-creating with that. And then you're over here fixing yeah. the zap. That way, oh, wrong. That's exactly what it is. You know, like you it's not the whole these these things at the same time. And it's yeah, interesting because I also you you know you said like you're sort of learning it on the fly. And mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but I do not have my MBA in uh, co-creating programs with visionary CEOs. Like that did not exist in the curriculum when I was coming up. So even developing the language skills of like, yes. how do you approach something? How are you proactively looking ahead? Uh, yes. And like, how are you having those difficult conversations with somebody? Yeah. And and nobody gave me a script. You know, I've, I've been very thankful to learn and to have some very um, patient co-creators that I've worked mm-hmm. with over the years and CEOs. Um, but I don't know, did you get a script of like, this is what you say to uh, to your CEO hey. partner? <laughs> I was like, if you have one, can, can I buy it from you? Zero script. Okay. Zero script. I mean, come on, let's be real. My, my only degree is in biology. It has nothing to do with what I do now. <laughs> So I never even got, you know, like, I just didn't have that. Um, But I think what I eventually realized is that when people put trust in me, they're not expecting me to do, and this is something that I think I'm still wrestling with, if Mm -hmm. I'm honest, they're not expecting me to save them. Mm -hmm. They're not expecting me to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. And so if I can just be honest Mm -hmm. and explain why, you know, be clear in that explanation, um, then that's the start of really learning that skill. Because if if I, there were several instances, and I will be completely transparent here, there are several instances earlier in my career where I knew that a launch was not really going to go well. Mm-hmm. And I might've mentioned it briefly, but I didn't take the time to set the client's expectations well. So, you know, say, hey, this is at risk here's why we might not meet these goals. Here's why, here's what I recommend, Mm -hmm. or here's what we can do. I didn't take the time to do that. I probably just said, this might not go well, but let's see, you know, like really kind of brushing it under the rug type deal. Yes. Oh, a hundred percent. Kind of delaying the conversation until all the results are in. Yep. Yep. But I think once I, kind of accepted and I'm still in the process of accepting mm-hmm. that my clients aren't expecting me to save them. It's like you said, they are the founder. Yep. I am simply co-creating with them. I am augmenting, complementing, expanding, optimizing mm-hmm. the greatness that they already have. And so it's not my job to be fully responsible for all of the results. It's my job to help them make decisions. And if that is my job, then I can fully own that and be honest and transparent and not feel guilty 
if I don't think something's going to go well, because that's not on me, you know? I love that. And I've had the the real opportunity to talk with so many CEOs here on the show that are in maybe a more traditional kind of number one founder role. And what's so interesting about what you just shared is that across the board, that's what they want as well. You know, they are also usually beginners to being seven figure yep. business owners and eight figure business owners. They never expected to have a team. So they don't have the scripts for managing this either. And what I'm yes. finding is that both in my own work and in conversations with these incredible founders, you know, they are saying exactly what you just said, which is I don't need someone to have all the answers, but I need them to help me see what I don't see or what yes. my skills, like the visionaries that I work with are so freaking good at doing the big, bold, disruptive, like move mm -hmm. fast now. Move fast. I'm a little bit oh more God. a sloth, right? I'm like, ooh, no, like we need to have all these. And <laughs> we're, so, like, we're like this, slowly yeah. climbing up the tree. Yeah. I'm and like, this one's already like jumping through the floor. I'll go, I'll go, so like maybe two weeks and they're like, oh no, it's already live on Instagram. And so like yes. really, like realizing actually that that's a kind of a fun energy, like not being fearful of mm -hmm. that. But even inside yeah. of that, I think really like if the visionary CEOs that I talk to, they've shared on the show, like they want to be able to do that and have the confidence that someone has their back. And what you just yes. shared is that's what it is. Like I'm going to help you see and make decisions and we're not, I'm going to be proactive and there's such a healthy respect. I will tell you like the first few, if anyone is listening to us and they're thinking, okay, I am an OBM or I'm in this sort of like middle manager role, whether it's in operations or marketing or whatever, you know, and mm -hmm. I want to kind of elevate to where Chelsea and Katie are. I will just tell you that I think this is an area where, and I've said this before, you take the leap and you build your wings on the way down. Because the yeah. first few times you show up as that partner and as that co-creator, even before you've been officially given permission, what the CEO will see is, hey, this person, I can trust them to see yeah. what I'm not seeing. And I can trust them to speak hard truths sometimes. Mm -hmm. And um, and again, this is an area where like, if I look back, I've made so many, so many mistakes, Chelsea. But one thing I did yeah. right was I just started being unafraid of speaking yeah. truth to, to CEOs. Um, yeah. Have there been conversations that were, you don't have to name names, but conversations that were particularly difficult, uh, whether it was around a launch or, a, you know, a misunderstanding or anything else that came up with the work that you do? Yeah. And to be completely honest, I, the conversations themselves were never hard because to your point, I don't think the clients were expecting as much as I was expecting of myself. And not in a good way. <laughs> oh, that, hit me, that hit me right in the feels in real time. I was like, oh, she's in my soul. <laughs> so, the conversations like actually in real time weren't hard or bad, but it was all of the mental spiraling that I did before the conversation and after the conversation. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. That made the conversation difficult, not the conversation itself. It had everything to do with me and my own like mindset and, and the stories I'm telling myself about how this client feels, how their team feels about me. Like nothing of this has ever been communicated. <laughs> Everybody's happy. They're happy. Chelsea, they love you. Why do you believe that you are failing? <laughs> Oh, and if you figure out that answer, then you'd save me a lot on my therapy bills because I'm still actively working through that myself. But I also think like, that's what makes you and right. That's what makes us pretty good and not pretty good. Excellent at our jobs because we do sweat yeah. the, the small things and the it's like, 
Yeah. yeah. So it's like the 85, 90% of that, that makes us amazing at what we do. I think we just have to give grace for the 10% that is just an inner thought bully and is constantly yeah. like the same reason that I will wake up and go like, Oh, did that email go out? Oh, did I remember to check that tag? Did, you know, the same thing that makes mm-hmm. us really good at watching our CEOs yeah. backs is probably what invades yeah. our brains, but you're not alone I in that. So. <laughs> I think I, I would agree with you. And I think as well, because it has that positive, right? Mm-hmm. Because we're so used to catching the small things, remembering what needed to be done and actually doing it. It's because we know we're capable and because we know what our highest standard of performance is, we want to have that every time. So we really, it's hard to process when we feel like we haven't delivered that. And like you said, at that point, Grace, 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 Grace. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I I love this, and uh, I don't know if you're on Boxer or Instagram, but I will warn you the same way that I warned Jordan after our conversation. I was like, we are now best friends, and I am gonna be coming to you with all of the inner thoughts that come into my head. So you better block me now if the feelings are not reciprocated. Is all I'm gonna say. Okay, so that is everything about Chelsea now. But I'm trying to picture young Chelsea and saying, like, when I grow up, I'm going to be an amazing launch co-creator and I'm going to work with visionary CEOs and we're going to make millions of dollars. We're going to have impact. Was that what uh, eight year old, nine year old Chelsea was saying and thinking she'd be doing uh, as an adult? Nope, (laughs) not at all. (laughs) All right. So paint the picture. What was young Chelsea thinking her her approach to adulthood would be? Listen, young Chelsea had so many wild and random ideas. I was going to be, I I mean, I still think I will write fiction novels at some point in my life, but I was going to be an author. I was going to be an astronaut. I was going to be a nail technician. I was going to (laughs) be a chemist. (laughs) I was all over the map. Okay. I didn't have answers to that question. I just had interests. (laughs) Wow. That's so interesting. And was that encouraged uh, what, oh, yeah. by your family, by your teachers, by your friends? What what was yeah. that environment like for you? I mean, I think, I think that because I was always really mentally like a sponge, I picked up things extremely quickly and my memory was very, um, like I remember things really easily. So I excelled in school. And uh, that system was set up, I think, for people like me. <laughs> Not set up for everybody, yep. but it was set up for people like me because I just remembered everything and reproduced it beautifully. Um, and because of that, everyone always said to me, I could do whatever I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so I made up my mind that I was going to do all the things. <laughs> now, later on, I kind of realized, obviously, that some of those <laughs> things were not as interesting as I thought. But yeah, it was it was a very encouraging and um, kind of wild and free environment over here. Not that I was necessarily exposed to what it would mean to do all of those mm. things. Like, it's not like I ever went to, I don't know, any kind of museums or labs mm. or anything like that where I would have that exposure. I just kind of dreamed up what it would be like and decided, yeah, that's cool. Let's do that. <laughs> at the time. Did you have a lot of entrepreneurial minded people around you or had you seen like business in action or what, what was that? Yeah. So actually I did. My dad was always like doing little side hustle things here and there. 
And so like, I didn't realize it at the time because if you had asked me on that list, business owner, CEO was not on that list, Katie. It was (laughs) not on that list. Okay. (laughs) But all around me, there were always people and I'm, I'm Jamaican born and raised in Jamaica. I currently live here now. We are side hustlers. We will Mm. do everything and anything to make the money come in to take care of our people. So it was definitely a part of my culture and my upbringing. It just never really clicked that. And that should probably be the thing because here's the thing too, with that, I I didn't realize this at the time. Obviously with entrepreneurship, you can do all the things you want to do. (laughs) It just didn't click at the time, but yeah. I was wild out here, man. (laughs) I love that. And by the way, it's so funny that you just shared that because I have this memory of a trip that I took to Jamaica when I was, I think I was probably 20 or 21. And I had maybe one of the most fascinating conversations of my life Mm -hmm. with a woman who I had, I had bought some fruit from like just, uh, you know, walking to the beach. And then later that night, as we're walking home from the beach, she's doing hair braiding services. And of course I stop and I get my hair braided. And it was like, it, it, you just like unlocked this memory. That's now 20 something years old where like her approach to how she ran her business and why she, you know, it was just so, so interesting. And I just love, I didn't have that perspective, but now I have this like memory of, Oh, I saw this in action and all of that is really formative too, right? Like hearing, that's why I've always been such a collector of people's stories, which is obviously why I love doing this podcast. But um, I love that. And now I now I need to book my trip back to Montego Bay. Yes. I bet she's still working. I bet she's still there hustling <laughs> and, and making money and has more to share with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I do have to ask you about your biology degree because that one, that one surprised me. So we've got <laughs> all of the varied interests and the goals. Uh, biology, maybe not. And you can correct me if I'm wrong. I wouldn't say that's the most like creative entrepreneurial, uh, field to go into, especially as a, uh, like a high school and college student. So what led you to a biology degree? <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was the thing that I think as I grew, I kind of realized, oh, right. We need money. This is why we have jobs. <laughs> And so I have to now figure out what I'm interested in enough to spend all my day hours at in order to get said money. Mm-hmm. And I had a few kind of out there ideas when I was older, like marine biology or geology or you know, wow. random one thing. <laughs> I told you, I was wilding out here, man. I'm like picturing the um, leap from you knocking on rocks, looking for geodes to finding gems in launch copy. I mean, I don't know. There's probably a transition there, but um, okay. But you were, you love, here's what I do know about you. You were always curious then. You were curious. And I loved, I loved to learn. And Mm. I think that's why I ended up in biology is because I always felt like, it was the easiest thing to learn for me. It and geography, but I love biology more because of the human body mm-hmm. systems. Yeah. I like I would just suck up all of that knowledge. I still do it today. I still just randomly find videos on YouTube about like fascia and the circulatory system and mitochondria, like random-ish, right? Like but it, it, it's so fascinating to learn about to me. And I think that's why I ended up in it. And that's why four years in, when I got my degree, I was like, wait, 
I only did these four years because I'm fascinated by what I was learning. I don't mm-hmm. want to teach. I don't want to be in a lab. I don't want to become a doctor. What the heck am I going to do with this biology degree? <laughs> I know. <laughs> launch copy, launch marketing, launch strategy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, listen, what happened is I, I kind of came, I came home right after that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they're about, because I worked in a restaurant for a while. I'm telling you, Katie, I've, I worked in a restaurant for a while and then I came home and I was like, well, cause I studied in the U S so I came back to Jamaica and I was like, I need to find something to, I can't just sit here on my parents' couch. So I kind of stumbled via Twitter into the world of remote work, stumbled into social media management, copywriting, realizing my clients didn't really like 50% of them didn't use my copy, even though they loved it because they kind of backed off of whatever they were launching. You know, like they'd say, Oh, I'm going to launch. I need this pay me, love it. And then scratch the launch. (laughs) Well, listen, I want you to use my stuff because I want to see it have an outcome and get the testimonials and celebrate with you. So let me just do the whole nine yards. Let me just do the strategy and the writing for you. And it kind of made the shift at that point, which is when I think the fullest um, expression of all of my deliverables in its initial forms started to take shape. So, yeah, that resonates so deeply with me because it's almost exactly my path. I would be I would put together marketing and launch strategies. Now, my my kind of zone of genius has always been a little bit more on like the automations tech, Mm -hmm. like the systems Mm -hmm. side. Um, Mm -hmm. I went to school for broadcast journalism, so I had a lot of experience doing copywriting and sort of persuasive storytelling. But I didn't really think that was my gift. And just like you, I would hand off these plans and I was like, I was very proud of them. They were very good. And then the client would be like, oh, but I actually don't know how to send an email or like, I don't know how to make the sale, you know, the, the product sale checkout experience connect to the thank you email. So I, like you was like, well, if I want this in the world, then I've got to do the service and it pretty quickly became clear. And I think like to your point about the visionary CEOs that we work with now, it's like the same challenge that someone has when they're working on a blog or starting their business, it's the same challenge as when they're running a seven-figure business, right? They don't want mm-hmm. to do all the detail nope. work. They're not good nope. at it. And it's honestly mm-hmm. a waste of their talent Fine. just yeah. to be spending mm-hmm. the time in the back end. So um, it yeah. always, it just, it, that tickled me when you said that. I was like, yes, that's exactly how I got my first few <laughs> clients too and figured out that this was an in-demand service. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to, I wish that we had a whole like two hours together. Um, (laughs) When we see each other at Make Your Mark Live, which we're manifesting for us to both be there, (laughs) you and Jordan and I can hug each other in person. Um, We'll have a lot more time to talk about this, but I would love to know just as we look forward, like what is next for Chelsea? What's the big, bold dream that you have? Um, And it can take any timeline that, that resonates with you. What's the big plan for you? Ooh, Katie, that's a big question. <laughs> it's called hard costs, not like easy answers, Chelsea. <laughs> I mean, I love I love my work and I thoroughly enjoy what I do. I think the strategic database part of my biology education really served me well in what I do now. Um, and I thoroughly enjoy it. But my business literally is a means to an end for me. Um, I want to fund my own nonprofit. 
that supports um, teenage moms, teenage single moms in Jamaica and gives them like bajillions of resources to really kind of step out of cycles of poverty and cycles of kids that are not taken care of, not really supported, not given, you know, the mental resources they need to grow up as kind of healthy functioning people in society and kind of break that cycle for anyone who, anyone, that's why I need a boatload of money, anyone who is ready to make that difference for themselves. I want my nonprofit to be that space and that place for them. So that's going to require millions of dollars. Yeah. And so my business will bring me millions of dollars to do my work. <laughs> it's already it's already happening. I just thank you for sharing that vision. And, you know, I imagine that you share this, especially with the, the people you work with. But I am so like magnetically attracted to people who have a mission or a passion that's bigger than them and bigger mm-hmm. than their business. And I actually really love that healthy approach that you have, which is like, I love what I do and the people I serve and the impact I have. But this bigger thing is actually what my business empowers me to do. And this idea of like recirculating your success has really resonated with me deeply over the last few years. You know, money is a metric and we want more of it, but not because we're trying to stuff it under our mattress or look at it in the bank. I think especially women, right, who are trying to build generational wealth and impactful wealth. We're not really there to look at the zeros in the bank account. We're there to see what does that money empower us to do. And um, I will be, I was going to say, probably not your first, because I imagine you have a long list of people who are ready to <laughs> hand over their coin to you. But um, I, I'm so deeply appreciative of the work you're doing. And if I'm not the first, I will be in the top 10 uh, first people that, that pledge to that nonprofit. And I think it's a wonderful, wonderful initiative. So we're going to make it Thank happen. Millions of dollars to the business so Chelsea can impact the world in such a beautiful way. And then Chelsea and I are going to hang out in Jamaica together. There we um, go. <laughs> and we're going to go cliff diving and we're going to go find all of the entrepreneurial women who are kicking butt. Yes. Back Tell their okay. stories even more. Okay. I love it. Chelsea, you're the best. We're BFFs. We're BFFs. I'm not even going to ask you. I'm manifesting that as well. We're just, we're now total friends forever. <laughs> um, and I'm just so thankful of your time and of your story and can't wait to watch you continue to thrive here in the next few months and years. Thank you so much, Katie. It has been my absolute pleasure. I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. Actually, you pulled a lot out of me that I didn't even realize. And it, yeah, this is amazing. <laughs> well, those are the words of affirmation that every podcast host loves to hear. So thank you again. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Okay. I warned you if your belly hurts from laughing, or if you're happening to watch the video version of this podcast on YouTube and you're smiling, it's because Chelsea is so joyful and so infectious with her incredible energy and spirit and smile. And I had the most fun on this conversation. I know that you're going to want to follow Chelsea. Uh, so I want to remind you that Chelsea is really, really passionate about helping coaches and course creators break through their launch bottlenecks and stay in their creative genius. Uh, Again, I think it's also really important to know that one of the things she shared with me and wants you to know is that a big part of her work is helping these founders manage their emotional bandwidth so that they never have to sacrifice their peace for profits. Chelsea can be found at thechelseawallace.com, which is her website. 
course, you can follow the Launch Copy Coach on all of the social media platforms, including Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. Again, that's at the Launch Copy Coach. Thank you so much to Chelsea. Thank you to all of my guests. And of course, a deeply, very special thank you to all of you who listen, who rate, who review, who send me feedback. It is truly such a joy for me to have these conversations. And I'm deeply appreciative of every single one of you who enjoys them right along with me. And I'll see you on the next episode of Hard Costs. Thank you for listening to this episode. My hope is that through someone else's journey, you're able to find what you need to keep going because a rising tide lifts all boats. Doing business is hard, but none of us has to navigate it alone. So make sure you share this with a friend or a colleague who needs to hear this message. And I would love for you to write a review so we can keep getting these incredible founder stories to as many people as possible. If you liked this episode and want to learn more about my services or would like to book me as a speaker for your next event, head to katiewidrick.com. I'll see you on the next episode of Hard Costs.